Episode 3 of Left Side Heavy the Pod. It's your host, Jevin LaFave, and today I have on a guest. He's from Cranbrook, BC. He's ripped up the fields of lacrosse and down in PA, Pennsylvania. Uh, attended Robert Morris University. He got drafted by the Langley Thunder in WLA. Played for Poco Saints, represent tonight. Doesn't have a tooth, though. Missing one of those. Tonight I have on... Uh, Tanner Rennick, how you doing? Nice, thanks for having me, buddy. Pleasure. Um, so you're you're a Seahawks fan. You, uh, how was that loss to the Buffalo? Had <laughs> Russ's performance. Oh man, tough to watch. Uh, I actually didn't get to watch all the game, but I watched all the important parts, obviously. And uh, I don't know, man. It's just Seahawks defense. They're just Swiss cheese and. Yeah. Like Ken Norton Jr., man, the guy doesn't know how to play man coverage. He just lets his guy sit back in the zone and just, I don't know, pick away. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll get to around the league uh, in a bit, but I want to talk about you. Um, so you went to Robert Morris University, and how did they like kind of reach out to you? And how was the experience down there? Uh, okay, so basically how it started is uh, I was trying out for Team BC one year for lacrosse. I was U16 back in the day. And uh, so I made Team BC that year. Um, and then I actually met Kyron Clark, who's one of my really good buddies now. Um, and uh, kind of connected with his family. And then after that, we did a traveling tournament with Team BC. Um, went down to Baltimore. And uh, a couple schools saw me down there, and that was kind of my most effective, I would say, kind of recruiting trip that I did. And then after that, I had a whole bunch of schools because I was going into my senior year, too, for school. So um, they kind of reach out to you around then, and that's when it got into work. And I went, went on a, a unofficial visit, they call it. You go down, and the coaches kind of juice you up, pump your tires, and <laughs> take yeah. you out. Uh, try and get you to go there you meet some of the guys obviously stay on campus and uh kind of see what it'd be like to live it uh or just attend robert morris obviously and uh rip it up yeah rip it up and robert morris is actually known for recruiting a lot of uh canadian players so oh sweet that was also another appealing thing to me so half the team was canadian and i knew a few guys that were already were already there because they were a couple years older than me so that was kind of the end of the day i kind of figured i was in would be in a good place down there and I ended up committing there like a couple weeks after I visited and uh the rest is history man yeah I guess with half the team being Canadian that really helps with making you feel comfortable early and you can kind of settle in faster I'd assume yeah for sure and then also just like they kind of they kind of play a different uh style of lacrosse too they'll mix in yeah. a lot of like pick and rolls and stuff which is stuff you never usually see in field lacrosse but Canadians love that kind of stuff, right? So kind of yeah, did a feel to your game. Because don't field coaches often um, aim to get box lacrosse guys because they they tend to be quicker and um, faster, so it kind of translates better? Yeah, I think the, <clears throat> the big thing with uh, the Canadian players is just their one hand. They only play one-handed, whereas the U.S. players, they'll play both hands. So they won't have one hand that's really more dominant, whereas Canadian players have that – like their either their left or their right hand is way stronger and just they have way softer hands usually is what they're known for that's yeah that's awesome um so did you attend the full four years or did you um come back because i um for people who don't know tanner's dating my sister and they have been for a while <laughs> and but since i've known you i if i remember correctly you came back early didn't you yeah, so I actually ended up only doing two years down there, but um, just like things kind of didn't work out, you know, the way things goes. Uh, didn't really, wasn't getting much playing time and stuff like that, and the coaches like I didn't really get along with. So I kind of made a decision at the end of the day that if I'm going to be down there and not enjoy it, like what's the point of even being there? And like there's bigger things yeah. in the world, right? Yeah. It doesn't exactly. always have to be stuck in one place. So I ended up coming back and uh, 
started actually a new career path too. So it actually worked out for the better. That's sweet, man. Kind of rewinding back a bit. Like, how did you uh, go to Fox and kind of translate to, is that through Kyron, like meeting Kyron PVC and stuff? Yeah, so pretty much um, I ended up billeting with Kyron, with his parents, who were the Clarks, and his dad, Dave. He was a coach for Poco Saints for Intermediate. And kind of after I had uh, played Team BC, he said, you know, Tanner, it'd be great if you'd like come down in the summer and you can play Intermediate. And then in a couple of years, you could play Junior A down here too. So I was all in for that. So um, I ended up moving back down there and living there in the summer with Kyron and his, uh, his family. And then I ended up playing for Poco for all of Intermediate and then all of Junior A too, which is five years total. So, and then obviously I'm still in high school at that age too. So I had to, finished my grade 11 grade 12 so second semester both years I um went to Terry Fox which is where I met all my kind of my best friends now and then uh um obviously your sister too right so yeah yeah no um so what was the school experience like in Robert Morris (laughs) so for freshman sophomore year you have to stay on campus the uh they don't really let you do anything that after that but so junior and senior year obviously you guys would move out you get a house together and all rent it together but for whatever reason freshman sophomore you have to stay on campus yeah so um basically our living situation was so it was a suite so it was 10 guys in the suite and then um five rooms and two guys per room and they were all across guys so you can imagine what the place was like 24 7 Jesus Christ. And then right in the middle, there's obviously your main common area or whatever. And we'd obviously have our TUB out there and stuff. But yeah. Um, yeah. So that was our living switch situation. And uh, got a couple notes written down here. Some, some good stories kind of. Good stories. Oh, ones, nice. that kinda stuck, nice. ones that kind of stuck out to me. Um, so I think the main one I was kind of thinking about too is, so there's this place. It was just outside campus in Moon Township, which is like middle of buttfuck nowhere. Like <laughs> it's like basically if you drive down downtown Poco, that'd be it. And then a couple houses like scattered around. Um so there's this bar in Moon Township, which was called Jailhouse Saloon. And every Thursday night, it was quarter beer night. Oh my god. <laughs> so quarter beer night all the boys would be like everyone got their two bucks we're going to jailhouse <laughs> <laughs> we're going to jailhouse two bucks but the thing about it was they would get you though because the, the quarter beers would only be till 12 o'clock at night so after that they'd grease you all up you'd get all drunk off these two or a quarter beers oh, yeah. after that you don't yeah. even remember what happened right so. <laughs> it's like how do i spend 200 dollars on quarter beer night it's just look at your credit or debit card statement you're like oh god yeah an extra 50 after 12 o'clock <laughs> which, which is a lot which is a lot of money when you're a broke college student right 100 oh, yeah i can only imagine i can only imagine um got another story here too actually so i have two stories regarding the same guy he was a, one of my roommates he's actually from yeah. calgary alberta um, and I actually kind of knew who he was before I went there. Anyways, his name's Tony. And uh, okay, so I guess I'll start with this one. So um, Tony and was already down at Robin Morris. He'd got there. This is like <clears throat> first day down there. And so I'm flying in the day after and um, I get there. It's like, obviously I had two flights. I had a, li- a long layover. So I was just begged. I flew into Robin Morris, got in the suite. And I was like, oh man threw all my bags in my room, didn't even unpack or anything. All the boys that were, that got there the night before, like Tony and a couple other guys, they'd all been drinking all night. Yeah. I already even got there. Yeah. So they were pretty banged up already when I already got there and I was just so bagged. I didn't want any of it. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so put all my shit in my room. I closed my door and obviously we're in those 10 mad suites. Right. Yeah. So Tony's obviously living is in the same suite. Cause he's on the team too. And uh, <laughs> so I'm sleeping and I kind of wake up to this sounds like rainfall. So I think, Oh, maybe it's like raining outside or something like that. And so I kind of like wake up, rub my eyes. It's like pretty dark in my room still. And 
I look over and Tony is in my room, butt fucking naked, <laughs> pissing on my fucking desk. <laughs> <laughs> so I look over and I say, Tony, what are you doing? And then he looks at me and kind of just like gives a little uh, uh, grunt and just does he keeps pissing. He thought he was in the washroom. Was he sleepwalking or dreaming? Yeah, like, sleepwalking, I don't know. He's I think he was, oh my god. Well, He'd pretty banged up like from the night before, right? So yeah, he probably a combination of like sleepwalking and drunk too. So <laughs> yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. Oh yeah, you do yeah. not want that. Yeah, it was uh, it was not yeah. like especially because it was like my first day in. So I was like, oh fuck, great way to start the year, eh, boys? <laughs> Tony <laughs> pisses on my desk. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I like I haven't had that happen, but I've woken up and you're just so it's everything's foggy you just wake up and you're like seeing shit you can't tell whether it's real like when I was in my first room upstairs of the offices I woke up and I looked in my closet and I must have been like grade like six or seven and I literally I thought I saw my dad pissing in my closet no joke I was like dad dad what are you doing (laughs) I got close and like next thing you know I'm like in my closet just face full of shirts and I'm like, oh, he's not in here. And then I just went went right back to bed. I was full on hallucinating. Man. Yeah, <laughs> I was so confused. Yeah. Gosh, but um, yeah. Uh, man, I can only imagine what the college life is like in the states. Just they probably just go crazy. It's nonstop party. I can yeah, only imagine. It is. It is, man. It's it's a lot of fun. Even though it's like a lot of work when you're a student athlete at the same time, right? Like it's pretty much your schoolwork, you do your lacrosse, and then you party at the same time, right? You're you're constantly busy. Yeah, it was like when uh, Ty Goff, when he went to Pfeiffer, he was, like, posting photos on a Snapchat store or whatever, and just a mini fridge. It's nothing but Bud Lights and Milwaukee, old, like, old Mills and stuff. And Yeah, and especially just because just booze is so much cheaper down there too, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can get a 30-pack for, like, $12. Yeah, just necessities. <laughs> yeah. The alcohol percentage is still relatively high. I don't care what it is. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's start uh, bouncing around the league. And I wanted to kind of focus on the primetime games. Um, and to start off Thursday night football, did you catch any of the Packers versus 49ers? I sure did. I sure did. I It sucks because I have class Thursday night 6 to 9, so I miss – 90, absolutely brutal 95 percent of the game so i tried myself tried my best to recap yeah and aaron Rodgers is he's been at a top three mvp level this year oh I, i'd say for and, sure and he only backed that up that night even if it's a banged up 49ers defense he still did what he was supposed to do with 305 yards and four touchdowns yeah and what do you have to say about that? And did anything stand out to you? Well, first of all, I had a crazy bet that night. I had, so it was a, the, they call it the Betway Boost, which is yeah. like kind of one of the bets that they're advertising. And it was Packers to cover their spread. So minus seven and a half. And then it was uh, Devontae Adams to score the first touchdown of the game. So I ended up nailing that, which was a huge payday because yeah. it was 10 to 1 odds, which was nice. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, um, I mean, Rodgers is like full on. I feel like them drafting Jordan Love was like kind of like lit a fire in his ass in the start yeah. of the year. And he's just been like, hasn't looked back since that, right? He's like hot on Russ's trail for that MVP. So yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree. And yeah, it's almost like, okay, fine. You won't draft a receiver for me. I guess I'll just, I'll throw three touchdowns to Devontae Adams when he's healthy. And yeah. We'll take home wins. Yeah, like, exactly. I'll do my job. <laughs> yeah, Mar- going to the season, I I still had a thought that Rodgers was an elite quarterback, but I heard around so so many sources saying like, "Is Rodgers washed? Like, was this the right choice? Like, Rodgers is getting old, but he's playing at he's still playing at such an elite level, and he throws no picks. He throws like above average to good games almost every week if he throws a pick he tops it with five touchdowns and like 400 yards 
if he doesn't throw a pick, he'll get like three touchdowns and like 300 yards. He might have the occasional stinker of like 200 yards and one touchdown, but he rarely lets you down. And he always does his job. It's just a matter of can the defense step up. Exactly. That's the thing, right? I feel like the Packers and Seahawks are so similar in that matter, whereas like they have that elite, like top end, top five quarterback in the league. Yeah. They they have a great offense altogether. They're well coached, both teams, but both their defense are the exact same, man. They give up so yeah. many points and it's like they're relying so heavily on their offenses. Like yeah. how long can they sustain that? And like once they play a team that does have a like a lockdown defense or something like the Steelers, like how are they gonna do when that comes around, right? Yeah, exactly. And Aaron Jones came back from injury and he didn't like stand out, but you didn't have like an awful game. You you didn't really need to do much when Rodgers can just throw four touchdowns. Aaron Jones can really just take the night off, especially against the Niners when they don't really, they don't have Bosa, they don't have Sherman. Yeah. Like everyone's kind yeah. of hanged up. So, and yeah, and obviously Adams, he goes. Yeah, on. like it's almost and like, I was like every week. Yeah, it's like when's this guy gonna stop, right? Especially because I just traded him away recently in fantasy, so I'm like kicking myself in the ass. But like, oh. I'm so happy with the other end of that trade that I'm like not too upset about it. But what was the trade? Oh, okay, so it's a dynasty. Like, let's keep that in the fact, and let's also remember the fact that I'm rebuilding because I started the year 0 and 6, which is the worst possible start ever. Yeah. So. After my 0-6 start, I was like, okay, screw it. I'm going to start trade a few guys to start rebuilding and stuff. So I ended up packaging it with Zach Ertz, Chris Carson, and Devontae Adams. And I got back Josh Allen, A.J. Brown, uh, David Montgomery, and a first-round draft pick. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, it looks bad. Do you do new rookie drafts every year? Yeah, yeah, we do the new rookie drafts every year. So So you're probably going to have the first overall. Well, hopefully, yeah. That's the. Yeah. I think in our league, you have to you have, in the consolation bracket, you have to play off oh, for the first right. overall pick. Yeah. So your team has to still still be decent, which I'm still I'm pretty. I I think it's decent enough to get that that first overall pick. But yeah, we'll Josh Allen is. We'll slowly we'll move that into the Seahawks Bills game, but Josh Allen, whenever he's on, he's like unreal. Like he'll yeah. go off. But oh yeah! Like, if he throws a stinker, then he'll just he'll get that game out of the way. Like he just won't do anything. Yeah. But yeah. but take the beginning of the season for example. He was he was a MVP candidate, and then he had a couple of stinkers in a row, which kind of took him out of it. But yeah, like against the Seahawks, he threw for like four hundred yards and he got four total touchdowns. Yeah. So made us look like idiots. Yeah, so Josh Allen was – I was thinking about trading for him in my dynasty, but then I picked up Herbert, and I was like, I'll, Herbert's doing yeah. fine. He's doing actually, good. Actually, in that same league, I picked up Herbert too, and he's. I didn't realize he was going to be as good as he is, which kind of I'm kicking myself in the ass now for trading for Josh Allen, but yeah. whatever. I, I have them both, so it's good. And A.J. Browns looked like an absolute beast too, so. Yeah, and Tannehill, like, when I recorded the first episode with Hayden, Tannehill was my, like, sleeper MVP. Like, he did, he's not going to win it, but if you kind of look at his numbers, he throws a, he throws efficient numbers. He doesn't yeah. try to do too much. And he has A.J. Brown, and Corey Davis is coming into his own. This yeah, year. finally. Holy crap, yeah. like, it took forever. Yeah, it only took him, like, four or five years. Yeah. Right. No, but A.J. Brown, yeah, he's a be- he had a beast rookie season, and he's a highly touted wide receiver now. Oh, yeah, and he's only 23 years old, man. He's yeah. only going to get better. Yeah, exactly. And David Montgomery's a good running back. He's going to get yeah. a lot of workload in Chicago. Yeah. All right, so – I want to highlight because your team's the Seahawks, and I want I like highlighting my guests' teams. Yeah. Um. So Russ had a stinker game, probably his first one of the season. You um, know, the stat line is actually not, not. I can't remember it exactly, but it's not too bad. But all the turnovers is what killed yeah, him. Yeah. Right? He had one was a strip sack, which that happens to everyone. Um. Yeah. Which threw, you don't see some from Russ, who's a strip sack, yeah. not very often, but. but yeah. It was like a strip sack where he literally just ripped it out of his arm. So it's not yeah. like Russ was like throwing the ball and the 
defensive end tipped it like yeah exactly tackled him and then literally just ripped the ball out so it's kind of hard when you just get dominated like that so yeah Russ 28 for 41 390 and two touchdowns but along with two picks and two fumbles yeah so yep he threw a very bad red zone interception that I saw and it was kind of tough to see he was like rolling out and I don't know if he tried to hit and lock it or yeah, I don't know what he was thinking there, but yeah, it's you know, like he said, like he tweeted after, like better days ahead. He's he's still a top three quarterback in the league. He's oh still, yeah, he's still in the MVP contention. He's top finally, two. yeah, yeah. Um, that game may have put him back a bit, but it's one bad game. If he can just come back and throw like four touchdowns for, and like 350 yards, I'm sure he's going to be back in number one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like Rogers had that stinker game a couple weeks ago too. So it's like, they're pretty close though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's right. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm, I really want, uh, sorry, not Mahomes. I really want Wilson to win MVP because he's one of my favorite players in the league. Yeah. Because he's one of those players that he could win like every year. Because he's like, what are the Seahawks without him? Yeah, he's his model of consistency, man. And he's been yeah. healthy forever, which yeah. fingers crossed, knock on wood, all that stuff. Yeah. Isn't, so. Yeah, like, it's almost like he's like Rory. He hasn't won, an, like, Rory hasn't won a major yeah. in like four years or whatever it is. But like, he finished his top 10 in almost all of them. Yeah. Always up there. Yeah. Always up there. Yeah, he's always up there. He's always going to have his name in the mix. He's always going to stay top three in the world rankings because he's just consistently in the top ten. Yeah. It's not like he wins and then he falls off the face of the earth. Like, Russ, he's always in the conversation of MVP, and I think that helps a lot. And obviously, he has, like, eight picks this year, but if you're going to let him throw the ball, then – you know, and the one versus the Patriots in week two, that one wasn't his fault. Because it yeah. Right through Olsen's hands. And yeah, that's, a, that's a thing too, man. It's like, you're going to make the guy throw the ball so much more because you guys, your defense can't stop shit. Yeah. So obviously he's going to throw a few more picks. I mean, he's, and he, he does like to throw the deep ball. So that does lead yeah. to a lot of picks too, right? Yeah. But he does throw one of the prettiest deep balls of like in the league and, Oh, for sure. I want to to watch. Yeah. Like the dropping it in Metcalf's bucket, like when he's on the run. Yeah. (laughs) I was so mad when it happened against the Patriots, but I could only respect it because. Hey, man, it's happened to basically every team they've played this year. So don't feel bad. Yeah. It happens at least once a game. Yeah. Man, it's just. Yeah. Metcalf is um, putting his name out there as the top receiver. He had another great stat line. Seven receptions, 108, and a touchdown. Man, that guy's a beast. Oh, I just, it freaks me out to think he's 22. Like, what yeah. did I look like when I was 22? An absolute bean rail, right? Dude, I look like I'm 13 <laughs> and I'm 21. Yeah, it's insane to think about, which is, I love because I'm obviously a Seahawks fan. And yeah, to think that we could have that guy locked in for long term, like, whew. yo, like, him and him and Lockett could be up there with like Evans and Godwin as like top he like they could be up there as like a top receiving oh, tandem in the league. For sure. They're I think they're definitely at least top three, I would say. I yeah. mean probably top two, I mean, with with the Bucks, right? But yeah, just like they complement each other so nice. And then they Russ both, with that Russ with that com- combination of accuracy and arm strength is yeah. just like they both have like it. such a diverse route tree. Like both can go deep. Both can run a post. If you need one to run a drag, then they both can do that. Metcalf's yeah. speed is unreal, as you can see when he caught Buda Baker on that. He stopped. Oh, God, that was absolutely like that. insane. Absolutely destroyed social media that day. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like – it's almost like that OBJ catch. It just put his name even more on the map. Oh, for sure. I, I Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so – Watch just watch out for that Russ Metcalf connection for years and years to come. (laughs) They're gonna be scary. Gonna be so scary. Um before we hit Sunday night football, were there any um 
day or afternoon games that kind of stood out to you? Uh, so the how about the friggin' Cowboys almost beating the, the undefeated Steelers? Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> Fucking uh, Gilbert was balling out. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't watch much of the game just because I was on the fair on uh, the ferry on the way way back home from the island, and uh, I looked at the stats or the the score. And I was like, "What is going on? What are the Steelers doing?" Especially because I'm an idiot and took Steelers minus fourteen, thinking they'd cover this for sure. Yeah. Cowboys, Cowboys starting their fourth string quarterback. I don't even think you're an idiot in that because I think everyone, I think everyone bet that. Like, that's what i thought it? too man like i would have done it Cowboys like remember a couple, couple weeks ago like worse in the league yeah and a couple weeks ago they only put up like three points or whatever like yeah like thinking. so like i honestly like i don't blame you for doing that because this cat like dak earn like deserves any money he wants because cowboys have been putting up stinkers and he's like yo i throw for like 370 a game four touchdowns yeah, they were actually good when he was there, right? Yeah, so obviously they, they, there's a reason. They have like a top five offense in the league when he plays. It's just like it doesn't show in wins because their defense is just so horrific. Literally, yeah. if their defense just plays average, Cowboys are like have a winning record and they're like Yeah, know, with Dak and shit like that, right? Yeah. So obviously unfortunate for Dak. I really hope he recovers because I like him. He's he just continues He's gotten better every year he's been in the league. And he just – he has C.D. Lamb, Cooper, and Gallup. CeeDee's not playing like a rookie. Talk about another receiving core, man. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah, like Gallup's probably one of the most underrated receivers in the league. Yeah. Amari they Cooper, barely use him. Yeah. Amari Cooper is like – his route running's unreal. He creates so much space. It's like it's almost – you don't want to draft a Cowboys receiver because they have so much. It's like, yeah, you know, well, in fantasy, do, yeah, you're like, who are they actually going to throw to? Like, yeah, because I've, I've Gallup and Cooper on my dynasty team, and Cooper will get like five and a half, but then Gallup will get like 23. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's yeah. like, who, does, who do you start every week if you have both of them, right? You yeah. never know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but Steelers, uh, Receiving course, Claypool is playing like offensive rookie of the year, potentially. Yeah, I think I think he's up there. I think he's got some good competition, but I mean, he's got Justin Herbert, Justin yeah. Herbert. I think he, I kind of think that guy's got it on lock right now. But yeah, but like just to say, like Claypool was like the twelfth receiver taken in the draft, and he just he's been out there just eating. He's been kind of silencing everyone. I mean, yeah, like kind of he's like same situation as DK when DK got drafted, yeah. right? Like people passed up on DK and look at him now. And then same thing, guys, receivers went ahead of Claypool, but Claypool's making yeah. it look like he was the best receiver in the draft, right? So yeah, like Steelers fans, I was reading the comments when he got drafted and Steelers fans were pit. They were livid. Yeah, because that, they say they say British Columbia and they're like, where the hell is British Columbia? Yeah. And they're like, J.K. Dobbins is still on the board. And then yeah. all of a sudden, he's tearing it up. He has like seven touchdowns this year, something stupid like that. Yeah. He has like four or 500 receiving yards. And then they're like, Chase Claypool, offensive rookie of the year. Like, yeah. Like, and it's like, like, where was this? At when you every, fan, every fan basically yeah. like that, though, right? Yeah. Quick to judge and then so quick to forgive. Yeah. It's, there's been, yeah, so I've, I don't know if it was like Homer, but Roethlisberger hasn't had like a red zone target like Claypool and like since Bryant. Yeah. Deal. Or yeah, you're talking Martavis Bryant, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I feel you, man. Just, well, obviously he had Antonio Brown, which is like, yeah, he's a red yeah. zone threat in himself too, right? But, but Claypool just like a 50 50 ball guy, like Juju's not that. No, James Washington's no. not that. Johnson's not like that. So if you want like a back shoulder fade, like Claypool was known for that at Notre Dame. Yeah, for he's, sure. He's a just athletic freaks, right? Yeah. So yeah, when they made that pick, I was like, yeah, they might hate it, but I don't know. I think he could be a really good. Yeah, 
The Steelers always draft and like develop good receivers, man. Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. It's insane. All right. Um, so Sunday night football. Not really a game. Um, it was like over after the first half. You're like, it was over after the, the first third qu- quarter. Dude. The third quarter starts. You're like, why am I watching this? I'm just yeah. wasting my life. Yeah, I was watching the game, and then Georgia FaceTimed me, and she's like, "Am I bothering you?" I'm like, "No, thank you for FaceTiming me. I just no, I'm you. watching paint dry on the wall." <laughs> I need something to get me away from this because it's just it's stressing me out. Yeah, it's stressing me out because obviously I was a Patriots fan. I like Brady. I still like Brady. I want the Bucks to do good because I want Brady to do good. And that game was just so tough to watch because I was supposed to record with Hayden later that night. And he knows I'm a Brady fan and he's a Saints fan. And I was like, I'm going to hear it. Oh, he's going to rub it right in your face. Yeah. Luckily, it wasn't that bad. But <laughs> but I think like Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders return. And with a full squad, man, this Saints team is it's, – they're scary, dude. Like, even Kamara, he only had, like, nine receiving yards. Imagine if he actually did Kamara games with this well, yeah. roster. Yeah, I know, man. They are uh, – they're finally, like – I don't know what they were doing at the start of the year, but they just kind of had that, like, slow start or whatever, and everyone yeah. kind of, like – everyone kind of, like, counter them out right away. But especially when Michael Thomas obviously got hurt. But, yeah. I mean, yeah. all those guys are healthy now, and they have a great schedule coming up if you look at their schedule. Great yeah. for yeah. fantasy. And um, I mean, yeah, like they could they could easily go undefeated the rest of the year, and then no, I all of a sudden they're first in the NFC. So yeah, like Michael Thomas didn't even put up an outstanding game. He only had like fifty-one receiving yards, and he didn't even have a touchdown. But like they'll run a slant or an in route to Thomas and then they'll throw a screen to Kamara. He'll gain 20 yards and then they'll throw Taysom Hill at quarterback and he'll yeah. go to and run for 15. Yeah. They'll throw a deep ball to Traquan Smith and next thing you know, it's... Why does it always look like, I feel like when Taysom Hill goes in the game and runs Wildcat, why does it look like nobody wants to tackle him? Like they're scared they're going to get their necks broken if they try and tackle him. He looks like the greatest football player ever when he runs out of Wildcat. <laughs> He's like... He's like they insert him in the game, and he gives him like that jolt, of, like that X factor Tim Tebow back in the day on the Broncos, yeah. and they just take him out right away because they know he'll never be able to throw the ball. But like his Stalin, he was like, uh, what was it Al Michaels and Collinsworth for Sunday night? Yeah, Al Michaels is like, worst. yeah, Taysom Hill, uh, nineteen passing yards, thirty three receiving yards, and thirty five rushing yards. I'm like. Start that guy in fantasy. You're tight yeah, end. Seriously, he's on the waiver. Like, might have to pick him up. <laughs> what position does he play? It's like, what position doesn't he play? Yeah. Fucking linebacker gets hurt. Throw him in there. Yeah. God damn. But Antonio Brown, he made his debut as well. Didn't necessarily make a huge um impact but not much you can do after like a week of practicing and yeah i I didn't i mean i didn't expect much from him just because they have so many other options too but yeah it's his first game back after suspension so just getting the rust off i feel like even with like 31 receiving yards and a game where like you didn't really have much preparation for it i feel it's that brady brown connection just even from that one game last year in the patriots I feel like even it's still there. Like it's starting to heat up now and give him like a week of practicing. I think he could be even take some attention away off like Godwin or even Scotty Miller. He might just be flying wild. Yeah, I know, man. I feel, yeah, he could definitely very easily come back into the form. He was like when it back in his Steeler days and then yeah. like watch out for the Bucks, but they got to yeah. figure it out there. Their, their defense has been looking really stingy the past two weeks, like against the Giants and Sunday against the Saints. Like, yeah, they haven't been looking like they were earlier in the season. Yeah, but yeah, Breeze, two hundred twenty-two and four touchdowns. So it's, I feel clockwork. Like, yeah, just whatever. Just he only had like six. And it's it's crazy because him and Brady are like going back and forth right now for most touchdown passes ever. So yeah. 
like Brady passed them last week, and then all of a sudden Breeze passed them this week. So yeah. they're just going to keep trading off the rest of the year. Yeah. So look out for the Saints. They're making a charge now. If their team can just like stay healthy for the rest of the way, it's going to be scary. Yeah. Like, they're going to be good. Yeah. Um, moving on to Monday Night Football. Uh, yeah. After the, during the second episode, um, I told Hayden that I was scared for this game. And, Which you should be. And to say that I'm scared against an 0-7 or 0-8 Jets is not a good thing to say. It's like you don't gain anything from beating the Jets, but if you lose to the Jets, you then you're in serious trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and when we were down by 10 at half, yeah, I was, I was just begging that they didn't fucking lose. Yeah, I thought when, they were gonna lose. For, I feel like, dude, Joe was like, "Nah, we need that first overall. Throw that pick, get these yeah. guys back on the field." Yeah, I'm not even joking. It brings me back to my notes. I think Jets really won Lawrence because they could have fucking won that game and the Flacco threw into double coverage. But is Darnold really that bad? Like, do you need to draft Darnold's, a quarterback? Darnold's not the problem. He yeah. was uh, he was hurt. His shoulders hurt. Yeah, exactly. But because to me, I think the Jets should build around Darnold because he's not the problem there. But I feel like they're going to pick Lawrence because he's so – they just want to ruin another quarterback. And he's he's like a generational talent. Obviously, that term's thrown around very loosely. Yeah. He's a really – like one of the highest-touted quarterbacks coming out of college in a while. Oh, yeah. I feel like it's something hard to pass on. And maybe they can trade Darnold for – some more picks and then build around that because they already have a ton of first round picks. So, oh, they have so many first round picks. It's insane. Yeah. So, draft Lawrence, maybe trade Donald to the Steelers because they need an accessor for Ben. Oh, for sure. Like, how many? Yeah. Like, Ben's like, that's how one. many years does that guy have left? Yeah. Or even the, even the box man. Like, how many years does Brady have left? Yeah. So, they do have Rosen on the practice squad. So, I think I still want to see more of rosen i want yeah, to kind of got he kind of got the shit he kind of got the shit out of the stick out of yeah. all those quarterbacks that got drafted yeah. just because the cardinals were just terrible absolute dumpster dumpster fire when he was there right yeah and then the dolphins were nothing and then every year they had a high enough pick to get a better or to get a good quarterback yeah and he was just yeah just terrible situation so i want to see rosen in like a full season as a quarterback to see if with the box offense, <laughs> dude, like I could see it actually working out. I was really happy when Buck signed him. So I'm like, that makes sense. Don't throw him into the wolves, but like maybe let him groom and practice squad. Yeah, exactly. And, and even if he can get up to back backup quarterback and just let Brady teach him how to like, if he can just learn from Brady and practice. Yeah. Like maybe next that. year he's on, He's back up next year, right? Not yeah, practice yeah. squad. And then Brady can kind of like groom him and stuff like yeah. that, which is obviously helps a lot, right? Yeah, which is something because Rosen, what he had Sam Bradford to learn from his rookie year. And then he had Ryan, did he have Ryan Fitzpatrick in Miami or was he started in Miami? No, him and Fitz were there the same year, which was last year. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Fitz wouldn't be a bad quarterback to learn from. He's been, he's seen it all. He's the Wiley vet. Yeah, Wiley that. But Cam Newton actually played pretty good. Still no pat still only has two passing touchdowns on the year, I think. Which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Pats combined have three passing touchdowns. Which is like I feel like the Hawks get that every game. Yeah. If they don't get that game on if they don't get that in a game, then I'm concerned for Russ. I'm surprised teams haven't like when they're in the like five and five yard and in to their goal line. Surprised teams haven't actually like tried to key in on like Cam Newton like every play they're just gonna try and run it with Cam Newton the first play. Yeah, yeah, it's I don't get it. That's why like when they got down to the line against the Seahawks, they should have just tried at least one slant because Cam has an arm. He like he has a bullet. Yeah, like try something to switch it up. 
don't run all the time. Because don't I'm... you feel like when Cam Newton throws the ball, he makes it look like he's fucking digging a trench, like it's the hardest <laughs> thing he's ever done in his life? He throws his shoulder down to his hip. <laughs> yeah. And then throws it to the receiver's feet. He looks like he's throwing a deep ball every time he winds up. Dude, he he throws a screen pass, a two-yard screen pass, and he throws it 90. It's <laughs> yeah. Like feet. Finger, finger breaker right at you. Yeah. Puts a bruise right on the receiver's chest every time he yeah. throws. Like, dude, just take some off. <laughs> yeah. Chill, <laughs> man. the gas, man. But um, Jacoby Myers had a career game, 12 receptions, 170. He's... He's kind of coming into his own. I don't like him as a number one receiver because that's what he is right now. And it's their receiving core is just terrible. But Myers has been actually doing really good, and I like seeing that. But Flacco surprised people. He played a pretty decent game, 260 and, like, three touchdowns, which I wasn't expecting at all. Yeah. Like, at all, but I just I got to respect it. And Perryman with two touchdowns and a 50 bomb. Yeah. Like, that pissed me off. That <laughs> pissed me off. Well, I actually had the Jets plus 10 that game, which was absolute degenerate bet. Yeah. But it actually won, so I was pretty pumped about that. Yeah. Um, Pats just cut it too close for my comfort. Uh, How? Okay. You were watching that game. How nervous were you when you saw Nick Folk, 51-yard oh field goal to win the game? Dude. You're like, yo, this I guy was... can't hit shit inside of 40. How's he ever Yeah, I was so nervous. I get nervous whenever he lines up for an extra point. Like, yeah. he's – yeah, I don't know. I was I was kind of shaking in my boots. I'm not going to lie. I was. I swearing. feel like him and Bill Belichick are like buddies or something. And they're like, he's like, yeah, come on, you can play. Yeah. We just drafted a, one at our college, but we'll keep using you. Yeah. I has got a boiler on him. He yeah. Like he just, yeah. I was safe to say I was really nervous for that. Yeah. But he, they, they came out on top, so you're good, buddy. Yeah, that's all that matters. I, If we lose the rest of the year, I just don't want to lose to the Jets. Yeah, exactly. Nobody that's just like, like, that's just you're embarrassing. The, you're the laughing stock of the league. Yeah, we're not taken seriously. Like, if we lose to Miami, then, hey, man, like, they're actually – they deserve what – any win that they have because they've been playing really good this year. And Buffalo, like, honestly, it's it's their turn for the division. They have good enough pieces, and I can see us losing to Buffalo. But we always seem to play them tight. So we should have at least sent it to overtime when we played them, but Cam fumbled. Yeah, the big fumble. Yeah, but yeah, I just I don't want to lose to the Jets this year or ever because they're just <laughs> they're known as a bad team. Yeah, whenever we lose, it's just it's not good. But yeah, so that kind of wraps up the games. Um, it's just past the midseason point, and this is what I've been really looking forward to, and what I'm kind of excited to see what you have. Uh, midseason awards. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start off with offensive player of the year, or we'll start off with offensive rookie of the year, and then we'll move up to the big old MVP. So, offensive rookie of the year, who do you have in uh, number one? I think if Herbert keeps playing the way he does, even though they're not winning games, they're in close games, and he has looked great ever since they drafted him. So. Yeah, uh, I got Herbert as number one, too. Um, Burrow's been – he's been doing good as well, but I don't know, just Herbert brought a new spark to the team. Oh, for and sure, man. He's given Keenan Allen and Mike Williams an actual chance to give them success because Phillip Rivers was having trouble getting Mike Williams the ball. And Herbert yeah. has not one of the best arms, like – in the league, like he can, he can sail that thing. And Mike yeah. Williams is obviously a deep threat. Herbert's shown great accuracy. And yeah, I think he's, I think he's leading offensive rookie of the year right now. And you know, I think Clyde would have had a lot of better chance if they didn't sign Le'Veon. Yeah. But 
Um, yeah, I think Clyde was really his main competition there if they didn't sign Le'Veon. But now that Le'Veon's in the picture, it's like, what's what's going to happen with that whole backfield, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we both agree Herbert was number one. Um, defensive rookie of the years, none of really stood out to me. I kind of had to fish for this one. Yeah, so did I. But I settled on Patrick Queen. I think he's coming to Baltimore, and he's – I think he's done a really good job as a rookie. Linebacker is a tough position to play. Basically the quarterback of the defense. Um, He might not be the main guy, but I think he's come in and he's done a pretty good job at even just managing his position. I think yeah, settled in pretty nice. Who do you have? Uh, Yeah, I was kind of – I think Chase Young too. Yeah, I mean, he's had a nice year. I mean, that Washington pass rush is – always really good right but yeah he's had a good year but then i mean like it's tough for me to watch as a hawks fan like queen we could have drafted him in the draft right instead we took that jordan brooks guy i mean we haven't seen much of jordan brooks we don't know how he's gonna be but yeah man queen has looked really nice he's fit into that defense perfectly and kind of he was at that position they were missing last year on, on in the middle linebacker position so yeah all right uh moving on we'll do defensive player of the year who do you got there? Okay, so obviously Aaron Donald, he's there yeah. every year. Yeah, I no matter what. I, I he's leading wanna, the league in sacks right now, I think. So yeah. I didn't want to say him because it's just such an easy answer. It's so obvious, but but dude, like he's all time at his position. He's already like an all time player, dude. He's so dominant. Yeah, he's he's, he's the X factor, right? Yeah. So yeah, I got in second, I'd, I got Miles Garrett if it weren't Donald, but Donald's just, I don't know. I don't think he's just playing that. Miles Garrett, I think also a guy you got to watch too is TJ Watt on the Steelers. He's He's been yeah. really yeah. solid too, right? So yeah, we might have the same one, two, three. I got Donald, Garrett, and Watt. I also like as a dark horse, I mean, I know the Packers D has been shit, but Jair Alexander, he has had an yeah, unreal year at cornerback. So. Dude, he's so good. But it is very – it's so hard for a corner to win. I mean, I know Stephon Gilmore won yeah. last year, but he had, what, like six picks or something like that? Yeah. So, really hard to do. No, Jerry Alexander is – he's going to – he's already elite at his position. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's unreal and nothing to glance over. Yeah. Lining up across him, I bet, isn't fun at all. No, no. He shut sure. down some top receivers in the league. Um, offensive player of the year. This one's always like so hard to predict because you have yeah. your, your obviously your MVPs, which are usually like your quarterbacks and stuff like that. But uh, um, I feel like maybe it might go to another running back this year, or so maybe like I know Dalvin Cook, he's been beasting the last couple Dude, weeks, and Kamara has been as consistent as they cub all year, right? So yeah, leading the league in scrimmage yards. Yeah, yeah, I got. Alvin Kamara, winning offensive player of the year. Yeah, yeah, I definitely have him on my list here. Because he's played, like, half the snaps for the Saints. And when Thomas and Sanders were out, Thomas was out for, like, four weeks or something, or, like, even maybe, like, what is it, week nine he just came back and he was out since week one. Yeah. So he missed, like, seven, eight weeks. Maybe seven weeks with a bye. And... Sanders has been out for two weeks and Kamara was playing at a beast level kind of helped really um, putting the Saints in those positions to win. And he's so explosive. You don't, you can't, it's hard to game plan around him because you think you have him in the backfield and he makes one move to the right. Next thing you know, he just gained like 20 yards. So uh, yeah, Alvin Kamara has been beasting it this year. And I think I got him as offensive player of the year. Yeah, for sure. And another guy like I've been watching too is a lot of Kyler Murray. He's even up there for maybe a dark horse to win MVP if he yeah. keeps going at the rate he's going right. So I think maybe if one of those guys, maybe like Russ or Rogers wins MVP, then Kyler could easily win offensive player of the year just because he's been on another level this year too. Yeah. Kyler Murray, man, like as he makes like he literally stops, defender goes to tackle him, and he just like takes two or he's three a- steps and he's Gone. He's a water bug, man. Yeah, Jitterbug, yeah. he's fucking gone. 
He does those like high steps and then just like runs right past. Yeah. You. He teases you. It's I can't imagine how annoying it is to play against him. Yeah. Um coach of the year. Who do you have as coach of the year? Oh this is a tough one, man. I don't know. Um I have one. Okay, and let's hear it. To me, it's Brian Flores for the Dolphins. Really? Yeah. Are the Dolphins really? Okay. Like they're five and three. He made a big decision to bench Fitzpatrick for Tua. Yeah. Defense has been playing outstanding. They caused turnover after turnover against a good Rams team. Yeah. And they've he's brought like a new identity to the Dolphins because with what they've been putting up, and Tua is like a great quarterback. They have Devontae Parker, who's an underrated receiver. Miles Gaskin is starting to come into his own as a pretty, you know, like decent running back. Like he'll do the job. And I think Flores has kind of put this team in the right position to do well. And as a defensive minded coach, I think that goes a long way in a good division or once was a good division. He's kind of turned the team around. So I got Flores as my coach of the year right now. Okay. Yeah, I could see that for sure, man. I mean, the Dolphins have really looked like a completely different team this year for from years in the past, right? And yeah, it's obviously as of right now. But if they keep, even if they just go like nine and seven, like, like I can almost guarantee you, no one is expecting them to have like a winning record. Yeah, this year. yeah, for sure. Another guy too that I kind of like is uh, Mike Tomlin on the Steelers. I mean, like they're eight and zero. Yeah, they weren't yeah. a good. They were not a good teams last year. That's for sure. No, I mean, it's to do with Mason Rudolph, but yeah, I saw a thing too actually on Twitter that not long ago or Instagram. I can't remember. Um, did you know the whole time Mike Tomlin's been with the Steelers, he hasn't had a losing season. Really? Yeah, I think so. Is that not right? Yeah, I swear I... That was it. Or the past fifteen years or something like that. It was crazy. No, Tomlin's like he's up there on like the. Not Belichick podium because that's really hard to get to, but yeah, Tomlin's there hasn't been a ton of coaches in Steelers history, and Tomlin's done put the Steelers in a ton of positions to do good. And if you can kind of have that tenure as a coach for a team, then it's definitely nothing to glance over. And I have Tomlin as my second coach for coach of the year because you're undefeated, man. Yeah. No matter okay. Who. So I just Googled it here for Tomlin. So he's one of five head coaches in NFL history to begin his head coaching tenure with 12 consecutive non-losing seasons. So 12 consecutive non-losing seasons, which is crazy. That's insane. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah. That's really good. And that's hard to do in the NFL. Oh, for sure. There's been a ton of good teams. And, you know, how many Super Bowls does he have? Two? One? Yeah, two. Two, I think, right? Uh, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, dude. Who knows? But he's definitely been a really good coach in the NFL. And, yeah, I have him as my number two for coach of the year. Yeah. Um. All right. MVP. MVP. <laughs> This has obviously a Hawks bias to it. Yeah. But I think if Russ, they keep letting Russ do what he's doing, then I don't really think, I mean, Rogers is close, but I don't think that Rogers will get there. I just think Russ will continue with that receiving core he has and uh, he'll just be consistent like that all season. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I have Mahomes one, Russ two, Rogers three. But because Mahomes is just like, I don't know, it's just he's doing what he usually does. But Yeah, and that's what it's like. He's so consistent. Yeah. Nobody's talking about it, right? Yeah. That's why. And he has like 25 touchdowns to one pick. And But I want to I wanna bump Russ up to one because he – Mahomes has like Chris Jones, um, Frank Clark, um, D. Ford, Tyron Matthew on their defense. Like, Kansas yeah. City defense is like, it's like a mid, it's like mid to average, right? 
And yeah. even with Mahomes, like he doesn't if he gets a three and out, then he's not really worried about their defense causing any trouble. But yeah. Russ has to go out there and the pressure's on him to deal like at least three points because their defense is god awful. Yeah, it's like every time Russ out there, they need him to put up points or else they're not going to win yeah. a game. Obviously, it showed last week, like, you're never going to win if you give up 44 points most weeks, like maybe yeah. one in every 20 games. But Yeah, so I I do think that I'm going to change it. I'm going to put Russ number one because he's uh, – there's so much – he's carrying the Seahawks. And... Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're still a 6-2 record. And like, yeah. Pro- you know, they're obviously favorites during the, uh, the NFC West, so – yeah, and not everything has been his fault. He's been dealing with not the greatest O-line, and he's still putting up really good really good numbers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Super Bowl. Who, if you have a winner, then cool. But if you – I have my Super Bowl matchup and my conference championships. Yeah, that's kind of where I thought about it too, right? Yeah, so who do you have in the Super Bowl? It's so hard to bet against the Chiefs being there again, man, yeah, just because the way they look. I, I mean, know, man. Like, but, Mahomes, Mahomes will play, like, an average game and will blow teams out, and it's just, like... But then they have had those games where, like, they don't look like a good team, where, like, remember when they lost to the Raiders? Like, yeah, and then Brian, this past week, I mean, they almost lost to the fucking Carolina Panthers, so... Yeah, yo. Brian Hoyer and the Patriots almost beat the Chiefs, dude. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. That game was, yeah. So, yeah. And uh, so you got Chiefs in there? I, I mean, yeah, the Ravens, their offense, I know it's kind of been questionable the last couple of weeks. They haven't looked great. Obviously, their defense is what it is. They're good. Yeah. And then, I mean, you got the juggernaut, the Steelers, 8-0. I mean, cross my heart, hope to die. I mean, I mean, the Steelers are one injury, Big Ben injury away from their whole season just vanishing. Because we all know what Mason Rudolph does when he gets in there, right? So, I mean, that's the case with so many NFL teams, if you think about it. But I just think he's fragile, man. And he got placed on COVID list today. Yeah, exactly. So He might be out on Sunday if he he came in, like, close contact with someone who tested positive. So, if Roethlisberger sits out, then that's a huge week that – yeah. The Steelers could, you know, go down to eight lose, one. Yeah, lose that undefeated status. But uh, I think the only other team that maybe has a chance out of those the the big three headed monster right of the Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs is maybe the Tennessee Titans. I mean, they're yeah, maybe they're, the only other team I could see coming out of the AFC to be in the Super Bowl. But I think most likely it's going to be one of those three headed monsters, right? Yeah, I agree. Uh, Titans are sneaky because. They have Brown and they have Corey Davis, who is now finally coming out. They have John Johnu Smith, who's playing like a really good tight end this year. The man child Derrick Henry. Yeah. It's not even fair. Yeah. Ryan Tannehill is playing at an efficient level. And their defense is half decent. Like Yeah, it's good. So, it's good, man. Yeah, Titans are a sneaky team. Um, for me, I have Chiefs versus Saints. Cause if like this is a fully healthy Saints team. Yeah, for sure. So if – because what they showed against the Bucs, man, that really, like, opened my eyes. Like, they could have put put up 50. And like I said, with their their schedule being so favorable to them, right, the rest of the year, it's like they could easily finish top seed in the NFC and then get that buy, and it's like that buy is huge, right? Yeah, and even just just gaining momentum – yeah, exactly. The End of the year, right? Yeah. Huge for morale. And I have yeah. I have Packers versus Saints in the NFC Championship game because – Got to do my Seahawks like that, eh? I wanted to put Seahawks, but I don't know. Their defense is really like, – I hear. This scares I hear. me. And, yeah. like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Seahawks are there. It's just, like, who knows, man. Rodgers just throwing it. I don't know. He's just like he dissects in the playoffs sometimes. And if you get a good Rodgers against a bad Seahawks defense, it's kind of hard to look back. Yeah. I mean, I was 
I was at that game last year, right in the playoffs. Yeah. Seahawks Packers. I was at Lambeau Stadium, so I watched that game live. And I mean, it's it's tough to watch as a Seahawks fan, but I mean, the Seahawks have had their their success against the Packers in the postseason yeah, last like, year, so yeah, could go it's like, either way, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like Seahawks have Jamal Adams, and like he's what probably what like one of the best safeties in the league. He's yeah, if not if not the best, but I mean, he has been hurt the last yeah. few weeks and he just, I mean, he just got back this week, which is huge for the Seahawks, but I think Seahawks have deeper issues with their whole defense. So. Yeah. And I think the Packers defense is a bit more complete. They have Jerry on the outside. They have Zadarius Smith, like able to rush. And yeah, I, I just think yeah. they're more a complete defense and they're not, a complete defense, just I think they're more complete than Seattle, and I think that just might put them a bit over the edge. So that's why yeah. I'm in the conference versus Saints. And, yeah, so – and then I had the Steelers playing the Chiefs in the AFC because I think Steelers' defense is top three in the league, and their offense has shown they have a lot of weapons to go to. If James Conner's on, then he's a really good running back that can put you up triple digits. And Claypool is – you can't really they, turn against them. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers, I feel like, are just, like, you look at a team with, like, the most complete team, like, yeah, equal-level exactly. defensive talent with equal-level offensive talent, and you just think, boom, Steelers. I, I mean, it's showing their 8-0, no, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, and, like, Juju and, like, Dante Johnson is, like, a really quick and shifty receiver, and is, they just have so – they have a bunch of everything, right? Yeah, exactly. So. All right, man. Um. It's Masters week. We're kind of shifting. Sure is. Golf. Masters November week. Masters, baby. Oh, yeah. Who would have thunk it? Not me. <laughs> but uh, um, I kind of have some names that I'm thinking about. All right, let's hear them. Um, so I'm going to start off with uh, Matthew Wolf. Oh, man. The most I, fucky swing you'll ever see in your life. Fucky swing ever, but you know, he... <laughs> He outdrives Bryson. Which is fucked to think about. Yeah, he outdrives Bryson. And I don't know, he's just like, he's one of those golfers that you can't really turn away from. And I think he's really accurate with his irons as well. And yeah, I don't know. I think he's kind of a sneaky name to look out for. And then Justin Thomas. And he's what, top, I think he's ranked second in the world right now. Second or third, something like that, I think. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, he's been he's been consistent, but he has struggled of late. But he's kind of getting back into that groove now that he was in earlier in the year, and I think that's kind of lining up, timing up nice for now the Masters, right? Yeah, and then because he's bound to win one, and I think if like, I just think Justin Thomas is going to win a Masters at some point in his career, and I think this year's a kind of he's at the top of his game right now and why not this year yeah i think so too man man xander shoffley he's always kind of in the mix and And he he's played well at friggin uh, augusta too yeah the last few times he's played yeah so i think he might just explode this week and he can be in contention and all it takes is one mistake from one golfer yeah that molinari when Tiger won it, Molinari was winning it, and then he just put it in the water, and that gave Tiger absolute like, collapse. Yeah, all right. Like Tiger's like, okay, yeah, I just got to play my game, and I'll chip away at it. And yeah, exactly. And he won. And then um, the betting favorite, Big Boy Bryson, which is, I think, is a joke to think about. If you think, I mean, he's he's been a beast this year, yeah. but. I just don't think this course is built for him. I think right. he's going to get into a lot of trouble. I guess is a shorter course, so the long ball doesn't play as much as a factor that it would on those other courses, right? And he has been like – he's pretty iffy with his putting, so and putting is like huge at Augusta. The greens are pretty hard, so yeah. I mean – Dude, apparently in a practice round, Bryson outdrove a par four with a three wood. Yeah, see, I mean like that doesn't <laughs> help you. Like, how diabolical is that? Yeah. So, but, I mean, Wingfoot wasn't set up for him well, and he absolutely demolished that course. So, I just think it's hard to count him out. But, 
my I want to go with Wolf as my kind of sleeper pick, and then my safe pick is Thomas. Yeah, um, I think another guy to kind of consider too is Morikawa. I mean, I know he hasn't yeah. been playing great great of late, but that he's guy has really one of the good. purest swings I've ever seen. Yeah, he's and so good. He man. can absolutely plant green. So yeah, and look out for Rory trying to finish the career grand slam. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. But yeah, so is that your uh, is that your pick? Is um, Morikawa your pick or what? No, I don't think he's my favorite out of all my picks I had. I think I uh, I also like John Rom a lot. I think yeah. I mean, have you seen his practice rounds? He's got two aces, I think, in his practice rounds, which is crazy. Yeah, and one of them was a skip over the water. Yeah. Like okay, <laughs> what are you trying to prove there, bud? <laughs> And he's golfed good of late too, right? So yeah. he's got that momentum going for him. But another guy I think everyone's is forgetting about too is DJ. I mean, yeah. DJ's been playing great this year. He was was he ranked world number one here there there for a little bit. So I mean, another guy. Yeah, not, yeah, another guy to like consider, right? That everybody's kind of sleeping on a bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, dude. Um, I think. That's about everything that I wanted to touch on. Thanks for joining me. Really All right, man. It. Man, um, it was a pleasure. Well, just remember, you know, since this is this whole thing's doing, I was your second guest. Like, just don't forget about me again and have me back oh, on sometime soon. Oh, man. buddy, you're definitely gonna come back on. Um, where can uh, where can they find you if you want to plug your Instagram or Twitter or whatever? Uh, I don't know. I'm not a big Instagram or Twitter guy, but you know, just at Tanoranic, nice and simple. Uh, so hit me All up right. for a follow if you want it. And uh, don't forget to follow uh, follow the Left Side Heavy Pod. It's at Left Side Heavy dot the Pod on Instagram and at Side Heavy on Twitter. Follow me at Jevin on Instagram and at Jevin on Twitter. And intro outro music is going to Tom Ivory. It's Savage featuring Sixth Man, uh, part of the Get Well Soon mixtape. He helped me make the intro, so definitely go check that out on all platforms. And don't forget to leave a rating and subscribe. See you guys next time. I just gotta let go. Went from ducking and fucking and now I got put in the friend zone. There's no need for discussion, I just really loved how you get low. But I'm dipping, I'm cutting the shorty, ain't worth being ten toes, ten toes. I, I just gotta let go, call me a Benzo, pay it all cash, I won't take no rentals, kill